to go to the website to watch the rest of this of this broadcast uh, the live show won't be interrupted if you're watching live welcome stay tuned we're going to finish the show live roll the dice that the sensors aren't going to kick us off um, with the speed of a thousand startled gazelles um, but we are going to delete the recording so if you're not watching this live if you're watching the the promo clip afterwards just the introduction that we will put back up on Facebook and YouTube. Um, look, just go straight to goodsource.news right now and watch the rest of the show there. We're going to be talking about Pfizer. We're going to be talking about uh, vaccine mandates. We're going to be talking about the lies that were told to us by so many bureaucrats, uh, experts, scientists, and, of course, nonstop on the lying harlot media. A Dutch uh, politician in the uh, previously entirely useless European Parliament has actually uh, made a startling revelation by asking the right question to the right person and getting an actually honest answer. Uh, so right after the introduction, we are going to... Um, so this much so far hasn't been deleted. So uh, let's have a quick look at that. And uh, here's what Rob Ruse, member of the European Parliament said, breaking in COVID hearing, Pfizer director admits vaccine was never tested on preventing transmission. Quote, get vaccinated for others was always a lie. So share this video. Let's have a look at it and do exactly that. If you don't get vaccinated, you're antisocial. This is what the Dutch Prime Minister and Health Minister told us. You don't get vaccinated just for yourself, but also for others. You do it for all of society. That's what I said. Today, this turned out to be complete nonsense. In a COVID hearing in the European Parliament, one of the Pfizer directors just admitted to me at the time of introduction, the vaccine had never been tested on stopping the transmission of the virus. This removes the entire legal basis for the COVID passport. The COVID passport that led to massive institutional discrimination as people lost access to essential parts of society. I find this to be shocking, even criminal. Please watch the video until the end. <coughs> Voor u, mevrouw Small, heb ik de volgende vraag waar ik een duidelijk antwoord op wil. En I will speak in English so there are no misunderstandings. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanization before um, it's entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. This is scandalous. 
millions of people worldwide felt forced to get vaccinated because of the myth that you do it for others. Now, this turned out to be a cheap lie. This should be exposed. Please share this video. Well, we're going to get into this. We're going to get into it sensationally. We're not going to pull any punches. Uh, George Christensen and Alexandra Marshall are joining me very shortly. Uh, please share this video right now. Join us with your comments. We will tackle as many questions as we can. We're going to speak uh, ruthlessly and bluntly. And uh, we're also going to talk uh, uh, in this show about the fact checkers. Uh, and you are not going to believe what they are doing now. Or maybe you will. May all that you stand for and that we stand for be preserved under the providence of God for the happiness of mankind. The trouble is caused by unthinking people who carelessly throw away ageless ideals as if they were old and outworn machines. But it is the values of individual liberty, equality before the law and the supremacy of people over the state to which we can always with confidence return as a powerful and uniting force. Australia is not a secular country. It is a free country. Well, welcome to Pello Talk. My name is Dave Pello, and this show is brought to you by the Church and State Conference. Uh, one of the sponsors of uh, The Good Source is this conference, which brings uh, Christians and experts in politics and all kinds of issues together and uh, basically teaches Christians how to get out of the pews and get into the public square. Uh, been a huge success in Brisbane over the last five years. And uh, we've doubled numbers just exponentially every time. Doubled exponentially. There's two different maths formulas there. But look, it's getting bigger. It's getting popular because people are realizing that you can't sit out this culture war unless you just want to surrender. And that's exactly what sitting out does. So if you're in Adelaide, you know someone in Adelaide, Alex Antic, James McPherson, myself, Kiralee Smith, a bunch of others uh, from various parties. We're non-denominational, non-partisan. Uh, and you are going to get a great deal of encouragement, uh, information and equipping on the different strategies uh, that you need to make a difference in the culture war instead of sitting on the sidelines. Um, it's a great thing to bring somebody to who is not interested in politics uh, because it's an actually very interesting conference. Uh, so if you love God and you love helping neighbours and don't want to see your nation surrendered to the long march through the institutions, uh, then this is for you. The Church and State Conference in Adelaide. Go to churchandstate.com.au forward slash Adelaide and grab your tickets there now. Now, joining us today is George Christensen and Alexandra Marshall. Uh, welcome to both of you. Hey. Thanks very much, Dave. Now, uh, Ellie... Um, actually, George, we'll, we'll come back to you, Ellie, um, and just to flag what we're going to talk about for the audience, uh, Alexandra Marshall wrote an article on The Spectator uh, talking about the fact-checkers, and the article itself was fact-checked. We'll get into the details of that uh, coming just up. But, uh, George, um, you've written about this and, and basically gone off the deep end. Um, for your readers, the followers of, of Nation First on Substack. Uh, tell us... I've been swimming in the deep end for a while, Dave, but uh, <laughs> the, um, 
Uh, and look, Ellie's written on it too, and her piece is probably much better than mine. There's one thing to clear up, the starters and a few people asked it in the comments section here on this uh, live stream, and that was she said uh, the Pfizer executive said stopping immunisation. Uh, what she meant was stopping transmission, but she just flubbed the words. Um, and and that is uh, is proven by the fact checkers that are out there at the moment. And uh, that's what's incensed me actually a little bit more than this revelation by Pfizer is the fact checkers are saying, oh, it's not a revelation at all. Uh, this was something that was known all along, that their studies never did look into transmission. And so there's no admission here. This is no story. Well, you mm. could have fooled me, David, because we have seen over and over again politicians, health bureaucrats, uh, media commentators, journalists, uh, celebrities, two-bit celebrities all get up and tell us, do this for the good of others. You know, get in there and get vaccinated so you don't give it to your grandma and become a granny killer or so you don't uh, kill off other people in society. You know, that was the whole point behind the vaccine mandates, behind the vaccine discrimination that went on. Uh, that was the whole point These in pushing this. To, 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 vaccines to, prevent. Here we go. P play it. Play the video. You should play the video, Dave. Just queuing it up. Sorry. It's, uh, okay. So I'll moving. go on. Well, 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 you know, that was the whole point behind injecting children, healthy children, who even the Pfizer CEO admitted uh, do not have any significant risk from COVID-19. That was the whole point in, 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 in pushing parents to go and get their kids jabbed with this concoction was to yep. stop the spread. Well, uh, you know, and, 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 and I want to be clear here because um, what's spoken about in that video, you could misinterpret it to think, oh, well, since they introduced the vaccine into the market, there may have been studies that have shown that it significantly stops the spread of transmission. I'm going to say no, no. There has been none that I am aware of that are empirical, that are proven, that show that there has been a substantive uh, stopping of the transmission of COVID-19 as a result of these vaccines. The best that I'm aware of showed a 20% efficacy in that regard, 20% which isn't much, which isn't much, means four out of five people who get the jab would obviously be able to go on and continue spreading it. Now, that is not much of a transmission stopper. But they claimed it. They based an entire policy on it. They discriminated against people like you, me, Ellie, and many, many others. People yep. lost their jobs as a result of this. Uh, uh, governments uh, basically banned people from polite society, from cafes, restaurants, museums, sporting events, uh, a whole heap of other things that you were banned from. Couldn't go into a hospital unless you were vaccinated, uh, unless it was a life-threatening situation. So, um, you know, it's in times like this, and I've said this in my newsletter today, that I wish I, 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 I made the, the fatal error of, of jumping into a, a, a law degree by a correspondence after I finished my undergraduate degree and gave it up after two units. I wish I continued it right now because I want to be part of the effort that sues the backside of, mm. of governments, agencies, corporations, and all the rest of it uh, that, that that really did rip into human rights over the course of the last few years. Well, let's uh, have a uh, little reminder of transmission. But, but, George, you're missing the headline. 
after she said, let's move at the speed of science, which is, of course, a, an alarming thing to hear, she then said that we had to do everything at risk. Now, I don't remember anybody holding up needles to children saying, we're doing this at risk. Uh, I, I remember a lot of safe and effective, but never the word risk being uttered. And that was a uh, it's not often included in that video where you hear of the interview, but that was the very next thing that she said. And I think that's uh, a huge admission by Pfizer to say that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's actually have a look at what they have been saying all along, what they're denying they were saying all along. Uh, and, and that is uh, that this vaccine is meant to stop transmission. You're basically doing it for the good of other people, not for yourself. You're doing it for the good of other people. It's meant to stop transmission. And if you have the vaccine, then the, uh, the horrific Wu flu is going to stop with you because it's the kindest, lovingest thing that you should ever do for, for anybody at all, never mind their individual freedoms or autonomy. Uh, so here's the media. You're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Vaccines prevent getting infected, prevent getting sick, prevent your hospitalization. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real-world data. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. Mm -hmm. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. There, you're oh, okay. You're not going to. You're not going to yeah. get COVID. Run, run, run the run the clip of Baller because that's even worse. This is the CEO of Pfizer. Hopefully, you've got that clip, Dave. The CEO of Pfizer himself, who now claims that oh, uh, we never ever said it stopped transmission. Here's the CEO of Pfizer, and Pfizer itself, their Twitter account, they've tweeted about their vaccine stopping transmission. So they're now they're now trying to rewrite history, and the fact checkers are all behind them and trying to rewrite history. Uh, have you got that clip, David? You're not going to get or... COVID if you have. Uh, clip, um, just. Well, just while David's hunting yeah. for a clip. Uh, the one thing that is standing out to me, because I'm a, a numbers person, I mean, I'm an AI programmer, or I used to be, and so numbers and, and data is a, a big thing for me. They don't have most of the data to make any of the claims that they were making. So when you've got a, a virus with um, an asymptomatic rate approaching 90%, well, you have no idea how fast the thing is spreading, how many people it's infecting, or what the true uh, rates of fatality even are. They're, they're basically predicted to be far lower than the official statistics because far more people would have been infected. This matters because when they say, oh, it's going to reduce death by 90%, they mean 90% of the 0.002% that it would already be that is probably lower than that to start with. So these missing statistics are a huge problem for all the claims that our ahead of uh, science has said and our Ministry of Health and all these officials because they were working from no data and making guesses and then putting on the worst human rights abuses in, in our living memory based on guesses that we knew were wrong within months of the vaccine being released. Where were the fact checkers is what I'd like to know when that happened. Yeah. Like when the outbreaks and the fully vaccinated gyms started happening, I didn't hear any fact checkers popping up. 
Yeah, no, that's yeah, right. That, that, that's hundred percent right. Uh, and and you know, let's talk about the fact checkers for a moment because I'd love to hear the story from you, which is just so bizarrely about the fact checkers fact checking your fact check of their fact check. Um, uh, but it, it, it really it's, it's devolved completely into Monty Python territory now. But uh, uh, what 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 we've got to remember is who these fact checkers actually are. So the one that I have ripped apart today in, uh, in my um, Nation First Substack uh, publication is PolitiFact, but they've all done it. But if you trace these fact-checkers back to see where the money comes from, this is the interesting thing. PolitiFact, like many of the others, is uh, run by or under the auspices or uh, severely sponsored or owned by uh, the Pointer Institute. Uh, which sees itself as the duck's nuts of of of, uh, of, of media and, and fact-checking throughout the world. Uh, they see themselves as this institute that's out there to beat disinformation. Uh, but who, who funds them? That's the question. Who funds them? You find that two of the very big donors, surprise, surprise, are, as Nikki Scott has just pointed out, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, you know, uh, these pushes of vaccines, uh, and and also George Soros's Open Society Foundations. Um, so, mm. uh, you know, can they be trusted? Can they be trusted to put forward impartial views when you've got uh, a major pusher of vaccines and someone like George Soros, who is the most left-wing billionaire in existence? Uh, so I, I, you can't trust them. And the fact that they're out there fact-checking your fact check of their fact check just it almost shows like it's uh, it's school ground school ground stuff. But, uh, well, that's <laughs> because they're that's because they're half wit millennials as well. Let's not forget that. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. <laughs> that is correct. So he is uh, he's Alexandra Marshall's uh, Ellie. Here's your your tweet. Uh, the Facebook fact checkers fact checked your article about. Fact checking, <laughs> uh, all of reality. So but, he, he's the uh, he's the picture. But my my point before, yeah, I'll get you to read the comment because I can't read it from here. But my point in the article was that they are creating facts by uh, saying that what you definitely heard and what you definitely saw, you didn't because it was missing context. Um, that was my main point. And the notice they put there, if you could read it for me, Dave. Uh, the uh, the intro uh, to the the Facebook post says the fact checkers of today are no 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 the um no no the the the, con the notification on the post what did they say it was the little well, missing I context independent fact checkers say this information could mislead people Is yeah so they think I'm missing context about their fact check now what I thought what I think I hurt their feelings because the whole article is about how. These aren't fact checkers in the traditional sense. What they are are corporate fixers who are brought in to clean up the mess of CEOs, of politicians and of other large figures who have made a cata cata uh, catastrophic mess online. And so after about 24 hours, the fact checkers are like, oh, that thing that happened that everyone's talking about, that's missing context. I know you saw it, it happen, but it didn't actually happen. So the one I used, first of all, was PayPal, where they're like, oh, well, PayPal didn't threaten to fine anybody because uh -huh. it was a mistake and they walked it back. But let's not forget they only walked it back after about four days when it became a trending news cycle and they haven't yeah. answered any questions yet about how the figure of $2,500 entered 
the conversation. Let's not forget the only reason they sent that terms of service update out was because they had to reinstate the account of journalists they didn't like because of public backlash. So they changed <sighs> the terms of conditions so they could remove the account in the, in the future. And then they're like, oh, that was an accident. It's fake news. Well, my point is these aren't fact checkers. They are just fixers. Yeah, big, big, you're right, big pharma and big corporate shills. Uh, and that's all that they've become. And when you're sponsored by people like Gates and Soros, uh, it, it's almost a given that that's what you're going to be doing. And, you know, um, I'm a, well, I don't know if I can say I'm a journalist or a former journalist, but I'm, uh, I studied journalism at university. And, you know, the old adage of uh, uh, flicking Flicking the uh, the comfortable and comforting the afflicted was supposed to be the uh, the golden rule in journalism, and now it's almost been reversed. People who have suffered adverse events uh, from these concoctions, uh, people who have died. I mean, the, the, their their families, um, they themselves, with if they're people who've suffered adverse events, are being derided as. Um, <laughs> Conspiracy theorists, or uh, you know, people who want to uh, harm others in society, when that wasn't true, wasn't true from get the get go. Um, but but in uh, the big corporations who've done the affliction, uh, they're being comforted. They're being comforted by these PR people, which is what the fact checkers actually are these days. So um, you know, I I I, th I think that. Uh, I don't know, there's a few things I was saying this to Ellie before we started. There's a few things that actually make my blood boil. Um, but this does, because people die, mm. you know, and, and they died because of a lie. And the lie was that that this is going to stop the spread of COVID. And everyone everyone's hearts tugged, heartstrings are tugged about yeah. The idea that you can be part of this effort, part of this war effort against this virus. It's coming out to get you. It's hunting you down. You know, it's hunting the ones you love down. Um, and so you need to uh, step up and, and, and be part of the effort. Well, uh, as I said, that tugged at a lot of people's heartstrings, but it was yeah. complete and utter nonsense. And what, and, and, and what they didn't say while they were saying the lie that it stopped transmission, what they didn't say uh, was the adverse events that it caused? Was the fact that some people actually have died uh, from 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 this uh, concoction? Um, you know, all of those things were true, were true, but they weren't said. They weren't said. Well, as George correctly says, uh, they deliberately use the rhetoric of war because they were trying to put the economy on a war footing, which is a special. Uh, thing they enact when they want to use extreme circumstance in order to justify abuses of power, which is why they frame COVID as a war. It's why they frame the environment as a war. Um, otherwise, they couldn't get away with half of what they did. Uh, but the other point there, what I'm worried about fact checkers is we're at the point now where instead of them fact checking a photograph of a you know a crowd and it being from a different time, which is you know it's innocuous. If they want to do that, whatever. It doesn't make any difference. They are now changing reality to protect large corporations. Now, what happens when this renewable energy garbage starts to do what it's doing in Europe where we're getting extended blackouts? And you have people uh, complaining about this saying, hey, these blackouts are a result of these large corporations who have 
build renewable energy systems? Are they going to come and say now, well, actually, that's not true. You're missing context because there's always been blackouts in the past. Is that what we're going to have? We're going to have the fact checkers uh, erasing poverty, starvation, blackouts and the collapse of society under a misinformation banner? Because I feel that politics are no longer going to be a free market discussion, but rather the realm of fact checkers. Yeah, and, 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 and you think that this is just uh, something that's benign and, oh, well, it's a debating point. No, it's not, uh, because these fact-checkers are now used by big tech, uh, particularly by, uh, by Facebook or Meta, um, for, for uh, basically removing content, uh, removing posts online that, that go against the, uh, the globalist and the elite Marxist narrative. I mean... Um, so the victims, you... the victims who died, or their children died, or their husbands died, were fact-checked as being false and then deleted from the yep. digital realm. That's yep. the sort of fact-checking that actually removes individuals trying to bring corporations to account for basically murder. They're mm -hmm. fact-checked out of existence. That is beyond sinister. I'm, I'm surprised that's not a crime. And I'm surprised these anonymous independent fact-checkers haven't been investigated by the governments from which they belong and come from for that behaviour. Well, governments, uh, you know, the governments that we've had anyway in this country thus far will never do that because um, it's lock and step with their agenda as well, as far as I can see. Um, I pushed very, very strongly for... Uh, I even got a bill drafted that uh, that could have been used uh, by the government uh, to, to stop social media censorship in Australia. Uh, you know, you've got to remember these are foreign-owned corporations that are actually delving into the political square uh, and, and, and stopping uh, legal statements, completely and utterly lawful statements from being uh, publicised. Can you I just say... So yeah, You're on, so right, George. Trying to free up social media from censorship is the only way to disempower social media from controlling the narrative because if they can't censor, they lose their ability to manipulate the narrative of civilization. But everybody else, every other politician I've seen, their instinct is to suppress social media mm -hmm. and to control it further which only grants even more power, not just to social media you know, barons, but also to politicians to constrain us in, in a worse fashion. So congratulations on George for saying, no, no, let's open social media and hold them to their free speech narrative because only then do people have the power to control the narrative, not social media and not politicians. Uh, the, uh, Sorry, Dave, you haven't got a word in edgeways. Go ahead. <laughs> you guys are going at it. Sure, sure. I'm, I'm just happy to listen and put the comments up, uh, which are, are very interesting as well. Um, actually, while I've got a word in, I'm just going to promote uh, the show. Guys, uh, there is no way this live stream can stay up on Facebook and YouTube afterwards. Um, you will have to go to the website, goodsource.news, to share it. Um, I mean, share the live stream by all means, but, you know, please actually go and, and share the recording of this conversation afterwards. Uh, we need your help to beat the big tech censors, uh, the, the fact checkers who, who don't want this. Um, you know, the comment I was going to add was that it, uh, somebody mentioned how Orwellian this is. It's like the Ministry of Truth out of 1984. Uh, and I, I think uh, if you've read the book, um, you'll remember the memory hole, uh, the, the department which, which goes and, and methodically removes all traces of inconvenient facts 
to to the inconvenient to the, the uh, tyranny which is ruling that that um, that dystopia right there, and that's exactly what these fact checkers are like. Uh, that the they're trying to erase, discredit, and uh, just undo the entire reality of framework that people are dealing with. Uh, and so, if you want to help fight that back, um, you need to share this from the website, not not the post which will be removed but actually from the website on goodsource.news. You need to subscribe to the email updates there, and we actually really need you to become a financial partner as well. As little as you can do, even if it's a little, it all adds up. Uh, we need tens of thousands of people to be uh, financially supporting the Good Source so that we can bring more shows to you like this and, and tell the truth with uh, the highest standards in production value, etc. increasing. We need to be able to pay reporters who tell the truth. Uh, and we need to inform voters to be able to create a good government which will help open up democracy, help, help open up technology. Instead of using them as, as weapons against us, they should be used as tools to serve us, to provide freedom and liberty and justice and, and truth. And, and those are all super important things. So head to goodsource.news, become a, sub, a supporter, become a subscriber, and uh, share these articles from there. Uh, and that'll be uh, super, super important. Um, George. David, uh, there's three things that I want to say. Firstly, have you got the ball of video or no? Yes, it's ready to go. Okay, yep, yep. Please play that because it's very important. I don't think uh, we should give up the Green Pass. I think it's quite important to, to maintain it, and I think most and more, more and more of the countries are going to systems that will allow to do that. In Israel, we're very good. <laughs> so that's Bola there supporting vaccine passports. The Green Pass is what they called it throughout Europe. I mean, wh why would you support that? What's what's the what's the rationale behind it, other than stopping transmission? So, so uh, and you saw that uh, tweet that you showed earlier from Pfizer, which basically said um, uh, that that they are developing these vaccines to stop transmission. So they were up to the lie, right up to, they were in the lie, right up to their eyeballs. They really, really were. And um, I want to point out one of those people that Ellie was talking about earlier, who's actually in our comments section, uh, uh, David, her name's Raylene Kennedy. Uh, you'll see her. And she writes to me, actually, it's one above it. Hi, George, 11 months now since Caitlin died. Yeah. And who she's referring to from if I think if it's the right Raylene, and I think it is, is her 24-year-old daughter from Queensland who dropped dead at work. Uh, and she dropped dead, uh, I think it was only a number of weeks after she received um, her, I'm going to be, be, I know you said we weren't pulling punches, but I don't want to be taken down immediately off Facebook. She received a second dose of a certain product um, and dropped dead and uh, uh, she got sick immediately after getting that uh, that dose of the product. And, and, and just uh, to be, if I can interject here, George, that is by definition, clinically, it always has been the definition of a vaccine injury. There doesn't need to be months of empirical pathology results. Uh, the proximity in time is one of the key indicators of a vaccine-caused injury. Well, well, this is almost uh, open and shut then, you would say, uh, from a layman's point of view. Uh, this girl became extremely sick 
uh, following her, uh, her, her the dosage that was administered to her. Um, it went on for a number of weeks and she became sicker and sicker and sicker. Um, Raylene's just said the name there, Caitlin Gotts. I'm glad that, that Raylene's said that because uh, I, I wanted her permission, obviously, to, to name the daughter in full. She's uh, this is said, I think, 24-year-old girl that came from Toowoomba. And um, you know what uh, Raylene told me and a number of others, uh, that she was informed by uh, people in the coroner's office that are doing um, a coronial inquest, I believe, into her, uh, her death, that um, the likely cause, I mean, this is from the get-go, they told her, the likely cause of death will be unknown, unknown circumstances. So, so, so when it's that clear-cut... Criminal cover-up. Cover up. And, 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 and actually, um, all of the health experts told uh, uh, Raylene and her daughter when she was alive that, oh, this is asthma. And later it was found out to be a heart-related issue. Mm -hmm. um, now, we know that this product has, has, has serious uh, heart-related adverse events associated with so, so this is cut and dried, but they will even go to the lengths of covering it up and, um, and saying that it was unknown causes. Well, you know, how many yeah. unknown cause deaths are out there? How many people are dying suddenly? Um, well, what, they, you know, what, what I talk about data, this is what I'm talking about because these deaths don't make it into the data and then a politician can stand up on stage and say... Yeah. There was, there's nothing recorded, therefore there are, no, there are no injuries, which is a complete lie based upon the absence of recording them. Yeah. Uh, yep. But I can give you two it's more people who aren't, on the, who aren't on the register. One is the mother of a friend. She was around 60 years old. She was healthy. She was, used to be a nurse and she'd lost her job and she was running out of money. She had a mortgage. She had to go back to work. So she agreed to get the second dose of this thing. The next morning, she was found dead in her bed by her son. I know this because I had to help write the eulogy. And another one which happened last month was a young boy, about 22 years old, who works with another relative of mine. Well, he dropped dead during a race 48 hours after a third uh, shot. And now all of the young people who work with him are terrified that they're all going to die because they're also young supposedly healthy men so these are the sorts of stories that don't make it into data that politicians then smugly quote as if to think, say they saved the world when really they have been forcing coercing people who never needed to take risks like this correct correct why did those young healthy men or women uh go and get the jab because the government of the day told them point blank you do it and you're going to stop others that you love from dying. And that was a lie. That was a complete and utter lie. And I don't believe it was just uh, politicians that were running around saying that. Health experts are saying it. I mean, someone probably already has, but say if they haven't, someone needs to go and do the deep dive on all of the quotes that ever come out from the TGA, uh, the former government, the current opposite or the current governments, um, state governments, uh, you know, state uh, health bureaucrats, all of them, and find out, you know, who said what regarding this stopping transmission. And when they, whenever they get around to holding a bloody proper royal commission into this whole thing, 
those statements need to be put forward. And the questions asked, why did you lie to the public about this? Why did you lie? And why did you push these vaccine discriminate this vaccine discrimination and these vaccine passport systems when actually there was no uh, no basis, no justification for doing it? Because what is the justification beyond yeah. that? Uh, apart from trying to force people into getting vaccinated. Yeah. Well, the answer is nine. The answer is the answer is nine billion customers, George. That's what the yeah. answer is. Why they did it? That, that's why we're here Money. because it was an extraordinary business opportunity, uh, and they hoped. Well, I, I knew that when they tried to mandate the the flu vaccine, the ordinary flu vaccine. I think they tried about five years ago. Maybe it was slightly longer, and everyone was like, "Nah, thanks, bro. I don't want it." I knew they wouldn't let that go because they wanted to sell a product year on, year out to everybody. And this yeah. is what we've got now. They're now combining the COVID thing with the flu because, and they're trying to mandate that as just something that you take every six months, um, which is crazy if people think they're going to continue down that path. What is also annoying to me is that they have forever damaged people's faith, not only in science, but in vaccines. Now, a lot of vaccines are good. And a lot of vaccines save many lives and are important. But how many people are going to distrust these companies to the point that they will give up everything else that they do because they have behaved in this fashion which pursued uh, a lie even when they knew it was a lie and they made promises they knew very well they could never keep. I mean, when have we ever seen a vaccine against transmission for a respiratory virus that behaves like the flu? The answer is never. None of them have been successful. So mm. what evidence do they base their promises on when they locked us in our homes? The answer is nothing. And yeah. they've never been held to account for it. They were never questioned by our politicians. They were never brought to task by journalists. Everyone just, I'm so disappointed in my fellow human beings who have distrusted politicians their whole lives. They've called them liars and every other thing under the sun. And then within an instant, at the slightest brush of mortality, they decided to take them at face value and enact human rights abuses we've never seen in the modern world for people they never trusted in the first place. And I don't understand why anyone would sign up to be part of a medical trial when you couldn't pay them to do it for the last 40, 50 years of their lives. It's such a bizarre situation that unfolded. And some people have got to take responsibility for being fooled by Propaganda 101 and make sure that it never happens again because obviously we can't trust civilization. We have to make sure these laws are put in place so that politicians cannot take advantage of frightened people. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think one of the most healthy things that uh, people can learn from this, uh, and hopefully it's not an overreaction of, of shutting down and, and being cynical to a point that's destructive, uh, but instead of cynicism, I think one of the things that we should have always learned was scepticism. Uh, scepticism can be incredibly healthy. Uh, and that is, you know, I want facts, I want evidence. Uh, and yes, I, I will, will uh, like you and trust you, but I've got to verify uh, what you say. I'm not going to put blind trust in you, blind faith in you. I, I need to actually look at these things uh, for myself. And, and this is where the parliaments totally betrayed their duty is that they did put blind trust in the pharmaceuticals and the scientists and the health bureaucrats and 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 whoever else they they shuffled in front of them to act as human shields for their failures, uh, terrible failures in policy, is that they neglected to have any kind of scepticism 
and they totally violated the first principles of democracy and liberty, uh, those things which we used to call uh, inalienable human rights. Uh, those inalienable human rights, it turns out, are totally alienable. You can alienate a person from their rights uh, whenever you claim uh, the greater good. If you claim the greater good, the national interest, uh, love your neighbours, look after granny, uh, then you can totally trample human rights, as it turns out. Uh, the kind of societies that have done that in history were called national socialists, uh, also known as fascists. That's not democracy. That's not liberty. That's certainly not right-wing conservatism. And the amount of governments that did that was absolutely, appallingly uh, atrocious. Now, if you've just joined us, I want to um, show you this video that we watched at the beginning of the show, uh, because if you haven't seen it, it's what we're talking about right now. It's the bombshell revelation from a Pfizer executive uh, that totally contradicts everything that the politicians and the, the talking heads, the health bureaucrats, the experts uh, have been saying for so many years. Uh, so let's, let's have a look at that uh, right now. If you don't get vaccinated, you're antisocial. This is what the Dutch Prime Minister I can't and Health hear that. Minister is, is everybody told else hearing us. that? You don't get vaccinated just for yourself, but also for others. You do it for all of society. That's what I said. Today, oh. this turned out to be... I'm sure why that was if muted, you don't but um, I'll start it again. You're antisocial. You this is what the Dutch Prime Minister and Health Minister told us. You don't get vaccinated just for yourself, but also for others. You do it for all of society. That's what I said. Today, this turned out to be complete nonsense. In a COVID hearing in the European Parliament, one of the Pfizer directors just admitted to me, at the time of introduction, the vaccine had never been tested on stopping the transmission of the virus. This removes the entire legal basis for the COVID passport. The COVID passport that led to massive institutional discrimination as people lost access to essential parts of society. I find this to be shocking, even criminal. Please watch the video until the end. Voor u, mevrouw Smal, heb ik de volgende vraag waar ik een duidelijk antwoord op wil. I would like speak in English, quick, so quick there are no misunderstandings. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanization before um, it entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. This is scandalous. Millions of people worldwide felt forced to get vaccinated because of the myth that you do it for others. Mm -hmm. Now, this turned out to be a cheap lie. This should be exposed. Please share this video. Can, can I just say, Dave, that uh, 
governments and big pharma are the used car salesmen of the world. They have killed between them who knows how many, uh, particularly governments. They are they cause famines, they cause wars. They're happy to send off their people to be killed. No, no care at all. So the idea that safety and your personal safety is their highest priority is a complete nonsense. They, they don't mind. Um, but when it comes to uh, pharmaceutical companies, because of past mistakes where they harmed people, there was a 10-year introduction to make sure that whatever their product is, it doesn't hurt people. And there was no justification to remove this special 10-year, uh, uh, to make sure that, that a lot of the um, side effects for medications don't show up in a short period of time. You have to give it time to, to find out what's going on. So if they came up with a cure for cancer tomorrow, they would not give everybody on the planet the cure for cancer, even though people are dying from cancer every day. They right. would wait to make sure that it was safe for people who were never going to die of cancer, right? right? They might give it to a few people at end of life, but they're not going to give it to everybody. And that's a very similar thing to what we have with COVID, where we knew that almost everyone would be fine. So there was no reason to give a brand new trial phase medication to people who had almost zero risk of anything happening to them. You might have been able to say, hey, if you're very old and very ill, you're free to try it if you want to, but not to mandate it for anyone. And this is what we have happening here. And they've never given us a justification to say, oh, we had to move at speed is a nonsense. There was no, this was not a world ending virus. It wasn't like a global, highly transmissible Ebola. This was a low level respiratory disease that in no way justified this complete and total global overreaction. And, and that's not Ellie Melly's assessment of it. That was actually the World Health Organization's assessment of it. Uh, right from the get go, they were saying that um, the vast majority of people that uh, uh, are afflicted, if you could call it that, with COVID. Um, suffer mild to medium symptoms um, that pretty much were the same sort of symptoms you suffer from the common cold or the flu. So, if, you, if you're um, under fifty, if you're under fifty, you are more likely to die from influenza than you are from COVID. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's probably a lot more things that you're uh, likely to die from than COVID nineteen. Not that people thought it. I, I, I remember. Uh, someone just uh, referred to the word psyop there, but I, I, I remember when I was trying to bust uh, the psyop that uh, going around and, 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 you know, you wish you could do this with every single person, but you couldn't. Whether I was at barbecues or parties or meetings, and I'd, uh, I'd just say to someone, so if you caught COVID today, on average for the entire population, not your age bracket, because... Uh, your age bracket, it'd probably be better, I'd say to them, uh, than, than, than the odds I'm about to tell you. But you tell me, what do you think your chances of dying of COVID are if you caught COVID right now? And uh, you'd have to look at you, scratch their heads a bit and rub their chin and then say uh, something crazy. Like some people said 50%. Some people said 20%, 25%, 10%. Probably the lowest I got was 5%. And when I told them, it was 0.27%. Their first response was that was bull. You know, they didn't believe me. They didn't believe me. Uh, until I had it saved on my phone, I put, bring up in the history, the information, the, the, the World Health Organization bulletin, which actually had a paper by epidemiologist John Ioannidis in it, which showed that in the survey he did, 
back in, I think it was May, April or May of 2020, that across uh, 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 51 countries that he, uh, something like that, 50-odd countries that he uh, looked at, that the, the, the infection fatality rate was 0.27%, which means that, uh, uh, do the math, 99.73% of people that actually caught COVID-19 uh, lived. You know, and, and that's and, and that's not even that's not even a real statistic for most people because the the risk of dying is significantly different if you're a hundred kilo overweight to whether you're healthy. So if you were to take a hundred young, like reasonably average people, none of them would die. So, so these statistics less. are. Yeah, so right. when they had, uh, I remember when Victoria started with the statistics, and don't forget, at that stage, they, the only people who had been affected were the most elderly and sick in nursing homes. And so they were saying, well, the risk of the virus killing you is 8% because of, of these are the death rates that we have versus infection. Victoria going, sorry, among 98-year-olds, that's not a, a figure that you can transpose onto the rest of society and say, this is the risk posed by a virus. Now, I'm amazed at how many people who supposedly are smart to uh, misuse statistics. And there's an old uh, adage about statistics where, you know, most of them are lies. And it's because you have to be extraordinarily careful about where you got those statistics from and what they really say. And mm -hmm. everyone, as far as I can tell, including supposed chief health officers, misused statistics which are very easy to understand and yet yes. people's minds they hear these press conferences and that's where they get george's idea they're going to die from because they hear oh you know 100 people were infected and and 15 of them died and you're going yeah but it wasn't a school that got infected it was a nursing home right i mean if you had the publicized figures of nursing home deaths every year during the flu season you'd be terrified as well Correct. but you never hear them you never know about them Correct. i mean imagine if they publicized every morning with a press conference how many people died of heart attacks people would never leave the house yeah a little yeah. old nun that runs a catholic nursing home in Mackay. when i was uh, the member there i, I went and um you know, had a visit to the uh, the aged care center and um, this is before they brought, well, actually, uh, no, I wasn't allowed in. We had a discussion on the steps because uh, uh, I wasn't jabbed, so uh, uh, wasn't allowed in. Anyway, uh, the point is that she um, she said to me that there, because of all of these restrictions, right, if you weren't uh, immunised against influenza, um, then you weren't allowed into uh, to, to, that, to the uh, nursing homes. And as a result of that measure, she had seen rarely a rare number of deaths in that year. She couldn't remember the last time someone had died in that nursing home. Whereas before COVID, um, when you were able to just come in without an immunisation certificate for influenza, right, um, uh, that she would see deaths all the time. So they stopped influenza. Um, well, they didn't stop it. They... Um, they restricted it, uh, but 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 as Ellie says, ordinarily people were dying all the time, uh, every week. And, and those deaths were catch up, like those deaths will catch yeah, up. They, they might have a quiet year, but then yeah. everyone will die next year, which is what they see happening all the time in nursing home patterns. But that's yeah. one thing that really, I'm sorry, I'm so worked up because you can never talk about mm -hmm. this. But as far as yeah. restricting access to people, if you don't have COVID, it doesn't matter whether you're vaccinated or not vaccinated, you cannot yeah, infect right. anybody if you do not have it. So there is yeah. absolutely no reason to restrict your access to anything if you are if you don't have COVID. Now, that, yeah. similarly, if you are vaccinated, but you can, we all know that you can get COVID just as readily, 
well, then there's no reason to give you special treatment and allow you into places because you pose the exact same risk as somebody who is unvaccinated. And we knew this within months of the vaccine rollout. And yet these rules are still in place today. I still can't walk into a nursing home today, even though we know this. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, Ellie. Uh, One of my neighbours has had that experience. Uh, She's a a super fit, energetic, ball of life senior citizen. Um, She's won, uh, you know, senior citizen of the year, senior of the year awards in in the city and and recognised for her activity, etc., Prior to COVID or or maybe during COVID, her husband, um, sadly, had to uh, go into full-time care in a retirement village nursing home um, because he has dementia, um, leaving her living at home alone. Now, super fit, super healthy, she did not want the vaccine, um, but her husband would be totally isolated and totally alone Uh, And she wouldn't be able to see him for years on end, uh, potentially. There was no end in sight whatsoever. And the the psychological trauma that she was suffering meant she had no other choice uh, other than to get the mandated medication that she did not want to get. And so she she got it and she was able to be reunited with her husband. Um, And it effectively made her a widow, um, these medical mandates, instead of instead of actually becoming a widow, the government made her a a widow uh, through these horrendously evil policies. Just reading some of the comments here, Vivian says, I got COVID early September. I'm 80 and live alone. I copped a fine and slept most of the... Sorry, I coped a fine and slept most of the time for three days. I can't remember the last time I even had the flu. It would be over 20 years ago. I've always done my best to maintain a healthy immune system as best I can. I wouldn't touch the vaccine with a barge pole. And and I'm really glad people like her have been able to make a choice and exercise that choice. And yet my heart breaks, um, not only for the people who've been brainwashed, but for the people who haven't been brainwashed and were still forced to, literally coerced to, and all other options removed from them. Um, and, and I'm sure all of us know more than one story of people who had no choice and got a vaccine yeah, uh, where they totally did not provide any kind of in, informed consent. Um, should, George, I've got another comment I want to read, but George, your comment on that. Uh, well, uh, yeah, uh, 100% you're right, David. We should, we should uh, well, actually, just to quickly close off the story I was telling before because I never finished it, um, that person, when I showed them and proved to them the 0.27% infection fatality rate, uh, actually started them getting angry at the media and politicians. And I wish that I could have done that exercise for every single person because it would have bust the narrative that you're talking about there, Dave, that uh, captured mm. so many people. But 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 also, you're right, there are many uh, men and women across this uh, this nation and, and elsewhere around the world who um, felt that there was no choice. It was a choice between either keeping the roof over their head um, because the job pays the mortgage, um, you know, and I I need to maintain my job, so I need to get the jab. Um, But the question is now, these these things, these vaccine mandates in certain workplaces, big corporations in particular that have them in Australia, they're still in force. What is the justification for them today if these vaccines do not stop transmission as admitted 
by Pfizer? What is the justification for any corporation right now continuing on a mandate? There's none. But, but, there is none. but George, you had one person who was... You had one person who was angry because they'd been misled by the government. But I guarantee you, if you do that experiment that you want to do with 100 people, 95 of them would rather believe that they were going to die and they did the right thing with all because they themselves engaged in such a they engaged in such appalling behaviour that they don't want to confront what they did for the last two yeah. years or how stupid they were to believe what mm. was going on. They'd rather deny all that happened and continue on with the the their own view of the history instead of the truth. They're not interested in the in, in the facts, and because it people be. can't face up to the facts, they will never come together to change our laws to make sure it doesn't happen again unless, and this is the big thing, unless they start to fear their solution more than the problem that it was meant to solve. Yeah, you, 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 you're probably right. I, got, I did get to this person before, um, you know, the, it, it really took, took hold and uh, all of the craziness started coming out. But, but I just want to say on that that I spoke with Professor Stephen Shavura, who's known to... Uh, ourselves and probably others that are watching this um, this live stream. And he said to me that um, you, you made a very prescient point actually earlier, early talking about the war effort um, analogy, uh, that because it was caught up in this war effort analogy, any discussion to the contrary of the official gatekeepers, the health bureaucrats, was seen as traitorous to the war effort, right? You know, you, you're, you're a traitor to the nation almost. Um, by speaking against the war effort here. Uh, and so people got caught up in that mentality and, um, and and now there is no one doing it unless, and this is what Stephen Chavira indeed said to me as well, that um, if, these, if there are consequences from the solution, you know, we know what the solution is, but if there are severe consequences that are widespread, that are known and acknowledged, then suddenly um, that mentality will go away because there's a greater thing to uh, to fear here and a greater thing to uh, to try and fight against and correct. As I said, the only time I've ever seen real change in mind was with that young boy who died um, and his friends in the same age group who were all pro, let's do this. Let's, you, know, you know, they gave my uh, relative a very difficult time for refusing it. Well, now because they fear... But, you know, it's, it's the other side of fear, right? Now that they are worried, it, they have started to question what happened to them, but they did not do it until they saw a consequence firsthand. Before that point, they were prepared to to continue doing what they were doing and to continue upholding this. So, as uh, you know, George is right, but my worry is the reason they're still fact-checking to get back to our original topic the fact-checkers are here trying to make sure that there are no consequences publicly acknowledged because otherwise the entire house of cards is not yeah. just going to fall over, it's going to fall into a shredder and there's going to be some pretty nasty things that come out of it. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I, uh, we're going to wrap up soon, but I uh, just want to um, talk about this uh, comment from Happy Cookie uh, who says the COVID pandemic, uh, which was allegedly a medical and political terror campaign, has proven to all of us that medical officials are among the most corrupt and most criminal people on earth and that that's um often and frequently true but i, I think um 
and without wanting to be too harsh, um, although a degree of uh, frankness is, is needed, I, I think another C word in there is cowardly. Uh, sometimes they're not corrupt and they're not criminal. They're just absolutely terrified of the criticism of their peers. And, and this is why peer review is more like peer pressure uh, with so much science that comes out is because it actually takes a great deal of courage to speak up because what happens in academic circles is that uh, you have somebody uh, who speaks up and differs from the crowd and then all of their peers will point to them and say you're not an expert they will discredit them and uh, risk their entire livelihood which is based on their reputation and their credibility and so they're lacking the courage to actually differ from the crowd and, and very much like the emperor's new clothes, um, the science is less important than the peer pressure uh, which goes on. And, and it's been well published in, in the Lancet Medical Journal that approximately half of all the published papers uh, in medical science are fraudulent. They, they're just not reliable. Um, the, the results and the research can't be replicated uh, and this isn't limited to medical science. We know Peter Ridd, uh, Professor Peter Ridd, has criticised the integrity of the science in in climatology and, and in particular regards to the Great Barrier Reef. Um, so it's not always criminality and corruption. Sometimes it's also cowardice as well. And um, I don't know how yeah. we encourage more medical professionals, uh, bureaucrats, to step out and go, no, I'm not going to be a human shield and uh, an excuse for a, a Trojan horse for government criminality and corruption. You're, you're too kind, Dave. There's a reason the mad scientist uh, is a thing in our history. It's because there's a, there's a big difference between what you can do and what you should do. And people who are at the forefront of some of these things get caught up in what they can do. And they often forget to stop and balance off, well, should I be doing it? So when these narrow focus professions, so you've got you've got these guys who are working in infectious disease and they go, well, we could stop it if we locked everyone in their homes for eight months. Technically, we could do this. And so their idea of how to fix a problem, it's like, well, okay, that's fine, but that's not ethical. And that has other problems associated with it. So this, this control versus uh, morality problem is a significant issue in the scientific world and it has always been an issue. That's why we used to have politicians in the media to balance off um, our academic pursuits. And the problem is we had gutless politicians who are also happened to be the most stupid elected officials I have ever seen. I don't know how we ended up with this, but, you know, it was right when we were just rolling along, but when there was a real problem, their, their deficiencies became quite obvious. And a press who wanted to have a seat on the political bus during the election, who didn't want to offend the morons in charge of us. And that led us to the situation we have now, which was a civilization led by health authorities who are wholly unqualified to make decisions for civilization, even though they may be qualified to make decisions on diseases, even though they were also wrong on that front as well. I think that also the uh, the commentator is probably talking more about, I I'd agree with your assessment when it comes to rank and file doctors and medical staff, but uh, when they're talking about medical officials or health officials, I pr yeah. assume they're talking about uh, the upper elite of the health bureaucracy, um, the people in the US like Fauci uh, and um, 
for uh, defamation reasons. I won't start naming people in Australia, but they know who they are, and uh, I'd say that that assessment comes up to them. But what what Ellie's just spoken about here is so true. I mean, after all we've gone through, you know, there's the question of can you do it or should you do it? And um, here's these researchers in the US in, in a Boston laboratory who've fiddled around with COVID and created a strain that can kill 80% of those who are, who are infected with it. Now, why? Why, why well, have they done do that? that? No, uh, Mark, I, have a better, I have a better question. Why was that legal? And having discovered this, why aren't yeah. they all currently sitting in a jail cell? Uh, I mean, no, no, deadly serious. Why aren't they in prison for creating what is essentially a weapon of mass destruction? Yep. Well, uh, the answer no, with, like, is there an answer for why they're not in jail? The, the answer with scientific ethics right. like this is is because we can. Uh, the justification for flagrant violation of ethical constraints in science and, and medical research, uh, as demonstrated by the the uh, medical fraternity in 1930s, prior to World War II, it wasn't just um, Hitler and, and his types. It was American scientists as well who were, were fascinated with the idea about creating a pure race uh, and bioengineering uh, all kinds of disease and things out of it. And that meant that included um, sterilizing people from races that they didn't like. Uh, and and th this eugenic um, ethical low bar is, is still in place now. And the rationalization is because we can. Uh, let's have final comments and, and wrap up the show. I'm aware we're just a little bit over hour, over the hour. Alexandra Marshall, your final thoughts for the day. My final thoughts is, did you have to share that with us, George? Because that's not a, a comforting thing to know before I go about my day. Well, look, uh, I would like to say um, thank you to Dave, of course, for his production. Everyone should sign up. And I believe that you've got your church and state thing that you should go to. So there you go, endorsement from a, uh, a non-religious folk there. Uh, please subscribe Please subscribe to The Spectator Australia where you can read my work every day. There are so few of us who are actually writing the truth for you guys and we need your support, so don't just follow us. Please subscribe as well. We've got some great deals on. I think it's 10 issues for $10 right now, which is, you know, great, and you get all the online articles as well. George, please write for me, and Dave has an article coming out this afternoon. Um, and you can follow me on Sky News as well. And I'm also on GB News every Wednesday night. Or actually, it's Thursday morning at a ridiculous hour, but you get the idea. Uh, and thank you for being on the show with me today, George and Dave. It has been a pleasure, if not slightly concerning. Indeed, indeed. Thank you, Ellie. Uh, and George, your final thoughts for the day. Thanks, Dave. Uh, well, I'll put the plug in too. Over at uh, nationfirst.substack.com, I've got a free article that's up today on this very, very subject. So go over and uh, have a read of that. It's got all the links in there so you can share that information with your friends if it doesn't get you fact-checked and banned off Facebook or censored on Facebook. Um, but what a world we are living in where the fact-checkers fact-check someone who fact-checks them. Um, really, uh, it's it's all started to get insane. Uh, but what is most insane is the fact now that um, that we have uh, no justice for so many people who mm. lost their jobs, 
who were forced into uh, taking and undergoing a medical procedure that might have cost them their life, might have cost them uh, serious uh, long-term health consequences, uh, all because of a grand a grand lie that uh, that concoction that was injected into them actually stopped transmission. It never did. It never did. And, uh, and now even Pfizer admits it, despite what, despite what the fact checkers say. Yep. Yeah, criminal. Thank you. Thank you both uh, very much. And if you've got time, stick around. We'll have a chat uh, behind the scenes. Uh, and if you don't, that, that's okay. Um, my name is Dave Pello, and this is Pello Talk. If you would like to get more of this, become a supporter, uh, and, and continue this good fight because uh, the mission here is to tell the truth and to break the power and control and influence that is wielded by fact checkers and big tech and big government. And the only way we can actually do this is methodically and slowly the same way that they got us. And that's the long march through the institutions. And so to get back an independent, democratized, free press, uh, you're going to have to pay for it. Uh, we need your support either through actions, uh, even prayers, sharing these articles, fantastic but uh, putting your hand in your pocket is a really good way to make sure that independent free honest thinking is a sustainable occupation in this nation and not just for people left of center with billion dollars billion dollar plus subsidies from the federal government one of the things that you can do is come to the church and state summits uh, the summit is in the first weekend of march in brisbane and early bird tickets are now on sale uh, and you can also become a uh, attendee in Adelaide. We've got a, a conference coming up on the 5th of November. Uh, and just before we go, my final thoughts for the day um, are this little video, including a uh, few people who will be speaking at the Church and State Summit. Uh, but that's it for this episode of Pello Talk. After this video, we'll be saying goodbye. Uh, and so goodbye for now. Can someone please provide me with a definition of what a woman is? My office has been asking for the medical evidence that's been used to support these extraordinarily prescriptive public health directions, but most importantly, uh, the issue of vaccine mandates, because there is no such medical evidence. The way the new left, the neo-Marxists, market their ideology these days is not with the, the hammer and sickle anymore, but it's always a wolf in sheep's clothing from, from what we've seen in recent times. The issue of climate change, of course, is one of the greatest Trojan forces of the modern era. One of the philosophers of the 50s said, the revolution won't happen with guns, rather it will happen incrementally. We will gradually infiltrate their educational institutions and their political offices, transforming them slowly into Marxist entities. This report tells us what we've known for years. We're gonna spend hundreds of billions of dollars a year for the next 30 years to reach net zero emissions, to make next to zero difference to anything except that we'll all become poorer. Rowan, if Donald Trump has documents he ought not have, he should hide them under Hunter Biden's laptop because the FBI will never think to look there. Shame on them for mandating vaccines in the first place and shame on them for only lifting the mandate when their reputations were threatened because of rail disruption. We are living in incredible times at the moment. It seems like there is something of extreme significance happening around the globe not just weekly, almost daily. And rather than focusing on all the, the shaking and the, and the shifting sands, I'm gonna be sharing about the incredible opportunities, both historic 
and eternal that God is offering um, his children to get involved in in this time in history. Today, we need a special kind of courage. Not the kind needed in battle, but a kind which makes stand the most up everything of the Chinese right, everything that is true and honest. We need a kind of courage that can withstand the subtle corruption of the cynics, so that we can show the world that we are not afraid of the future.